All right, cool. Going to pray. We're going to do it. Hallelujah. Okay. Had a supernatural dream last night, so we'll share a bit about that. So, Holy Spirit, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that um, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We thank you, uh, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Holy Spirit, I ask for grace. I thank you. Let your presence be felt very strongly, uh, not just in this sanctuary here, but also also on the podcast. We thank you, Lord. We, just, we want encounter whenever there's, a, whenever there's communication. We thank you for encounter. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for uh, uh, communicating what you need to communicate today. And I just thank you for a spirit of drinking in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I want to keep putting this in front of your vision. I think it's very, very important that we see it. this is an abstract statement and we're going to break this down um, today. But I, if you're visiting or you're new here or you're on the uh, podcast and you're not used to this, it's an abstract statement because it is metaphysical. It is supernatural. It is paranormal, okay? Don't try and be normal. Be paranormal, okay? So... Uh, if we can put this up, please. This is a really profound statement, Psalm 22. It says, but you are holy. This is the Lord. Enthroned or inhabiting the praises of Israel or the praises of his people, paraphrasing it. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. So God dwells in our praises. So we think physical dimension, we, if you got in a spaceship, went far enough, would you bump into the throne room? Maybe not. Would you bump into God? Maybe not. Because it's a multiverse, and anyone who understands the level of quantum physics, uh, or they have dreams or visions, it is a spiritual world. That's the parent realm. How many dimensions are there? I don't know. There could, there's probably infinite. I don't know. I don't know. That's speculative. But when we praise God, he actually takes residence in the praise. This is important. You've got people that, that, that I know people... Uh, this is going back, by the grace of God. That's why I pray, because the Lord shows me stuff I didn't think of before I prepared. And I know people who fasted for 40 days and didn't encounter God. I know that. Surely 40 days, no. Um, and that maybe they weren't a particularly grateful, people, grateful person or thankful. Maybe they're full of fear, right? When you go on a long fast, weird stuff happens. Besides losing a lot of weight. Okay, you can go for a long time without food, but, but not liquid, okay? But when you, go, when you fast, whatever's hidden in the cupboard comes like, no, it really does. And then when things come to the surface, you're meant to deal with them, not go, hello, <laughs> and put them back in. Because it brings stuff to the surface. That's what deliverance does, okay? It's sort of like doing deliverance, something comes out. What's your name? All right, go back where you came from. No. Um, so, <laughs> but I know that thankful and grateful people Right, they, 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 the, the Lord is enthroned on that attitude. It, it's, it's really quite profound. So, is Australia by default a thankful and grateful nation? Not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure because everything's been built around grievance and offence these days. We actually have to be grateful and thankful. And even if someone who's offended and they get everything they want, they'll still squander it unless you're grateful and thankful. But we're talking about that supernatural praise, praising the Lord. Now, this is prescriptive. This is not, huh, God's throwing the praise of the people. Cool, good to know. All right, what's the next thing? This is prescriptive. It means you have to do it. 
It is, you know, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nissi, Jehovah Nike, just do it. And, you, and it's actually, it's connected to deliverance. It's connected to deliverance. And this is why the words this year, we felt rejoice unto awakening. Rejoice unto awakening. And it's not just rejoicing, it's connected to being woken up. And, and, and there is slumber is real. And, um, you know, I understand, you know that saying, people can't see the wood for the trees. Is there some really, really interesting psychological warfare taking place in the world, waves through media and a whole bunch of other things that when people get to the point when you can present them with facts or data or information that's been verified, that's bona fide, they still can't see it because this is a spiritual war. If we try and just win by reason, we'll be frustrated and we won't get the results. So it's better to engage the Lord so he's enthroned over our life in a manifest way. That's why we feel to, and this week it's Monday night, Tuesday night meeting, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Tabernacle of David, where we literally, we've been, we started it last week, I'll talk about it later, amazing. And one of the, one of the, one of the factors is this, it's, just, it's a playlist, it's not a live band, there's no lyrics and no one's on stage. You come here, right, someone said to people like chatting, no, everyone's just focused on the Lord and the glory starts to manifest. And so I want God in a manifest way to be enthroned in my life. It's great. I, don't, I can be completely off my face. I can't now. Well, I can, but you, mean, you don't want to watch me flipping, flipping around the, the stage and go, great, that was you know, awesome. When's communion? I don't have to be. I'm designated driver. I don't have to be those nights. So I, I come for me. I'm not coming to set an example. I get it. <laughs> I mean, that's a bonus, but I come to meet the Lord. I'll tell, I'll tell you something. Um, segue alert. We finished a prayer meeting in the, my office I said goodbye to someone, come, left my door like this. And it was just about three minutes past seven. So it's at seven to 8.30. And I like just turned around and I opened my door to walk in my office to come to the sanctuary. And it's like a wall of angelic. I'm like, what the heck? And on Monday night, I felt the Lord say to me, I've been waiting a long time for this. All right. And then, so, so, so get hungry. All right. Get hungry. And the, and the more you hunger in the spirit, the hungry you'll get. And as blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. So, all right, so we're going to go into supernatural wisdom here, supernatural knowledge, and explain some of the economy of heaven or con- economy of eternity. So this is out of uh, um, Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 9. The Lord says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Okay, so if you don't change... <laughs> you've got to change to be grafted into God. Well, you're grafted into God in Christ, I get it. But if you don't change your thoughts to his thoughts, there's no change. You don't get any transformation because you haven't changed your thinking. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. So when something doesn't make sense, you're on the right track, okay? (laughs) So it doesn't make sense. Good boy. All right. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways or methodology or strategies, or blueprints, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Are they better? Hmm. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So they are infinitely better. So we actually have to tap into God's ways. When we, this is why um, it's okay to have a keen intellect and be well studied. I'm, I'm, I'm all for education, right? However, 
you've got problems, it says, when, some, when you lean on your own understanding. When you put your weight in your own understanding, you're going to have problems. Do not lean on your understanding, but trust the Lord, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll, try, he'll direct your paths. So when people rely on their understanding, and the more, the more, I, the more I grow in the Spirit, because I'll never stop growing, and I'll never stop learning. I just, it's just the way it is. Um, and I, you get upgrades. So sometimes, <laughs> like in, this, in the realm of the Spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit's God. Let's just, let's just say it as it is. He's God. Jesus is God. Father's God, you know. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Okay, got that out of the way. All right. But even angels are really, really crazy smart. And what's like, what's like with the spirit of wisdom, it's like hanging out with the smartest people you've ever met. And you feel a bit dumb because they're so smart. But after a while, it starts to rub off and you start to, and you know it's not your understanding. So you can never like the Lord show something and then you attribute it to you. That's called vain glory. We always got to give him the glory and understand that we are vessels. And if you cleanse yourself, you'll be a vessel of honor. What if someone doesn't cleanse themselves? Well, they could still be used, but not in the same level of honor. It says it in Timothy. Okay. So, 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 you, so the, the wisdom of God is that can become a really, really strong, integrous or integral part of our lives, but it's never ours. We always got to give him the glory, okay? And the minute we draw it to ourselves, we actually just, you know, it's, it's a problem. So, so there's something about God's ways. And look, one of them is this, and I get the best offering talks after the money's been given, but I'm telling you right now, is that if, you've, if you hold on <laughs> to stuff more than you should and you, you're afraid of giving, that's a real quick way to get poor. And God loves a hilarious giver. See, why a hilarious giver? And it's like, well, I'm, not, I'm just, just saying, is that, is that you understand going, like, firstly, number one, this is really profound. Why a hilarious giver? Because number one, you don't own anything anyway. You're sowing what's not yours. People go, oh, like this. And at the end of the day, is that, I think I was saying this to some of the people on the Monday or Thursday night, we take our speck and we offer it up to the Lord. And he, 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 he then pours out a swimming pool or an ocean on us. You can't outgive God. And so, so that whole hilarious giving is actually one of God's ways. And so, so but when you're like afraid, fear's the biggest thing you've got to deal with. Okay, perfect love casts out all fear. Two things that will cast out fear. Okay, one is Christina. No. Um, two, <laughs> two things cast out fear. One is perfect love. The second one is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord delivers you from all other fears. And so, can you imagine going into a war with zero fear? The Lord is my helper. What can man do, what can man do to me? Because fear makes you avoid the doors God wants to call you through. God goes, here's a door, Gideon. Here's a door, Moses. Here's a door, Noah. He goes, Logos, I'll close that one, I'll close that one once you're done. But fear stops people going through the doors that God's opened. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, so when you're a hilarious giver, you're actually, you actually you tap into God's ways, and that's the major way I've, I've, I've prospered. Because I know that uh, there's nothing on this earth I, I, I own. Lord, who am I in heaven but you? Lord, you're my you're my reward, you're my portion. 
you're my exceedingly great reward and shield. And you, you go, wow, this is not that hard. You understand that we're stewards. And if God can't trust us with unrighteous mammon, how will he untrust us with true riches? So, so we need to know God's ways. And one of them that's non-negotiable, some of his strategic strategies, strategies, they're very strategic. Some of his, the Lord's strategies, they're counterintuitive, like giving. Counterintuitive. Because I know for me, the Lord says, extend your tent pegs. And I'm like, we've got to give. That's the first thing. You've got to give and then praise God. Give and praise God. And then things like moons happen and many other things. And so that, 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 that is, it seems counterintuitive, but it's not. But here's one. Paul says, now this, this scripture seems trite and frivolous but it connects to God's ways of deep, eternal wisdom, and that's this, Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. It's sort of like, you know, it's sort of, <laughs> and again I say rejoice. Paul's being pedantic, pedantic, okay? Insistent, take it under advisement. It would behoove us. This is not whistling to work stuff, sort of like power of positive thinking, sort of like, you know, just sort of like, hello birds, hello trees, this is, you know. We're talking rejoice always. Paul says be completely saturated in the realm of thanksgiving. And it seems counterintuitive. What if I'm going through stuff? We want to go through stuff in a heaven bubble. Because God's enthroned in our rejoicing. So Paul says always. I mean, this is like, uh, you know, and, and what happens if you, your life, you, you praise God seldomly? Well, then he, God can't be manifestly enthroned. Remember, we're not talking about doctrinal theology. We're talking about encountering God. This is a year of visitation. This is a year of visitation. Can someone say amen? This is a year of encountering God. But he says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. He's made his move. It was called Calvary and Pentecost. Okay, the kingdom of heaven is here. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord unlocks the glory. The glory is here. Can someone say amen? We're not waiting for it to happen, right? It's here. And so what we, 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 through knowledge, praise, sing praises with understanding, seems counterintuitive. So Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So it's not counterintuitive. And what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about Jesus taught how to frame up our meta-narrative or our sense of reality or our praxis or how to practically do things. Jesus, the rabbis taught in the first century by topical outline. And Jesus taught this, it's not a mantra. Now, if you say it, it's powerful. The word of God doesn't return void to him and it accomplishes the thing he sent it out to do. But this is not a mantra. It is actually a road guide, a blueprint, a map of reality. And if we could put this up, please, the next one. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That is a meta-narrative. Now, we go back to the beginning and before you do anything, right? Before you do anything, you've got to praise. You've got to praise. Now, I'm going to go show you something. You go, all right. <laughs> hmm. Can we 
take that down and show the two triangles, please. What? We're going to talk about Illuminati? No, different. All right. Who's seen this before? A guy called Maslow. Who's heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? So this is it actually. So we start at the bottom, okay? Um, Physiological, food, water, sleep. You know, I tell you what, that's really good. They're a good start. But for those who are asthmatic, oxygen's a good one. When you have breathing issues, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. It's legit, okay? I've started that movie. And so physiological needs, you need to sleep. You can't, very hard to get around those three. Make it four. I would say oxygen could be the bottom one. But um, this is something where, because I study this in psychology, and this has levels of veracity. I would say that this is, this is quite credible. There are always exceptions, Okay, so after your physiological needs, you have safety. And that's, uh, 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 you know, who you're associated with, where you live. Uh, you don't want to be just lying down, you know, on a road, uh, you know, uh, 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 about 50 metres outside of Baghdad in 1991. You know, Operation Desert Storm. And, and so safety is a, is a real big one. Uh, love and belonging, uh, uh, meaningful relationships and connections. But then as you start going up this pyramid, once, see, the teaching is basically these bottom ones need to be met first, okay? And then you come into to esteem um, and then sort of, but, but at the very, very top is self-actualization. So this has levels of veracity. It's, 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 the problem is it's not completely true in every case because someone like, and we were, as we were cited in university, Vincent van Gogh is that he had his basic physiological needs met, maybe safety. Well, no, not when he cut his ear off. He, he forgot that one. But basically is that he was drawn, driven into self-actualization even when he didn't have his needs met. Does this make sense? So it's not always the same. And so uh, uh, let's go to the next pyramid, please. Simple, uh, similar, so physiological safety, belonging and love, esteem, Cognitive stimulation. You've got people who are like, so aesthetic. You know, for me, I am an aesthetic. I like nice things. I don't have a spirit of poverty, and I haven't taken a vow of a spirit of poverty. I like trees. I like sunsets. I like walking on the beach. No, okay. That went into a, a, some sort of a profile then, didn't it? Anyway, so... <laughs> rainy days. Um, <laughs> nah. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Anyway, uh, so, so basically, <clears throat> profile pick 1994. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> or filters. Um, I didn't know his eyes were that big. Anyway, so um, you, what you, like, like for me, I love architecture. I love scenery. I, I, I love all that sort of stuff. But what happens is that people go, people don't appreciate that unless you've had your belonging, your love, and your safety, and your physiological. That has levels um, of veracity. It's, 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 those things are valid. But it's not written in stone per se. Now, this is really, really important. At the top here, you've got self actualization transcendence. Well, Let's just, let's, just take for, let's just assume that everyone needs the physiological ones, okay? But you, that's, that's a given. And it's very, very rare that someone's deprived of those things. There are exceptions. But what you have is the kingdom. God says, my ways are not your ways. 
So it actually says, so we put that there. Let's go back to the Lord's Prayer. Okay. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. We start with praise. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Now, Now at this stage, at this stage, not one of that pyramid has been raised. Not one. Not one. It's got nothing to do with need or anything like that. It's completely looking to the Lord. Completely looking to our Father. I know the Church of England are considering some stupid things. Your kingdom come, Father, 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 Father. Okay. I'm offended. Father. Okay. I really take offence that. Father away, please. Father, Father. Okay. Okay. There's nothing to do with needs. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then we go, after, after we get the priorities right, the Lord, he says, he knows what you need. So you transcend on the front end. You get caught up in what you need. Do you even know what you need? Come in, just, oh, I want this, I want this. And the God answers the prayer, he goes, I've changed my mind. I want this, I want, you know. Like, like we, this is the most fundamental thing is people seeing their prayers answered. Now, uh, 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 he's God the Father. And I know as a father, a part of my uh, is, is I, I like providing for my family. That's part, it's just such a fundamental thing. But this is possibly the, the, the hardest thing the Western church struggles with is answered prayer. And so they get so caught in their need, they never transcend. So their need or felt need becomes the prison or the matrix they get stuck in. Really wanting it won't bring it to pass. And so the transcendent stuff is the opposite to the world because it says in, in um, Matthew 6, 33, it says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So unless we give ourselves over to, to praising God, we're always going to be aware. I mean, that's a, that's a form of torment. Unanswered prayer is a form of torment. I'll be honest. Let's just call it as it is. It's one of the things I'm passionate about because you're aware of what you need and you can't see it fulfilled. Now, don't get me wrong. Within a, a general grace, God calls this, the, the sun to shine and the rain to fall on the righteous and the wicked. There's generic. You, 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 you're in a country that's relatively free, you know, sort of we've got a, a fakeocracy at the moment. And we're, we're, we're transitioning into more totalitarianism, all that sort of stuff. But it's still pretty good. Right, it's a bit better than some places in Europe. Let's be honest, okay? But when we are so consumed with what we need, we can't transcend it. And what it does, we get choked out by anxiety. You can want it too bad. And the Lord said, like, <laughs> he said, if you don't transcend what you need, what you need becomes your matrix or prison. Who knows that's good preaching? That's good, that's, 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 that's the, a word of wisdom. And so it says over and over, he says, the Lord knows what you need. Now, by the grace of God, I want to testify, one of the biggest strengths of my life is consistent answers to prayer. Because the things I ask for aren't my God. If I put them above the Lord, I empower what I need over my God. And it's like, whoa, because there's affection and desire and intent. People are seeking their needs to be met. Let's go back to the Lord's Prayer. 
We're going to start, we're going to, this is quite easy. This is not my teaching. A guy called Larry Lee. In our, and we'll hold this here for a second. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father who's in heaven, that's the paternal part of the prayer. Father, 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 Father. Okay. Our Father in heaven, paternal. Hallowed be your name. Praise. You start off praising your God before you're aware of what you need. This is actually fundamental. This is, should be, this is, Jesus is presenting this as structural in our sense of reality. And if we don't, by default, if we don't go after praising God, by default, we're always aware of what we need or don't have. And that, my friends, is not overcoming. That's torment. And praising God, God dwells in the praises of his people. If you want to see transformation, put praising God first and then he can actually manifest because if you got that to the degree you feel anxiety and fear is the degree you don't believe. Because Jesus said, whatever things you ask for you pray, you must believe you have received them and you'll have them. So our Father who's in heaven, paternal, hallowed be your name, praise. Next one. Your kingdom come, your will be done, Priority. On earth as it is in heaven. Yep. Give us this day our daily bread, provision. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's pardon. Okay, that's not, excuse me, can you say it again? That's forgiveness, all right. <laughs> Just to explain it. All demographics. <laughs> Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us. You know, but you keep that there. So it's an invisible world we walk in. The enemy sets traps. Now, it's very rare you'll walk into a trap and not know it. David talks about the snare of the fowler, which is a trap for a bird, okay? And so, you know, and then he says, you know, the snare is broken and we have escaped. Help us in the name of the Lord. The enemy sets invisible traps. Now, one of the things we're talking about praising God is you don't know how many times your guardian angels have saved your life. Pooh, Crazy. You keep praising God, they'll keep doing it. Otherwise, complain, whinge, murmur. The angels sort of like, eh, don't do that. <laughs> so what happens, it's very rare that we go, there's a snare we can't see that God doesn't warn us about. So usually here's the snare. And we're over here. And you start walking this direction, the Lord goes, be careful, watch out. Don't, something ahead. Warning, danger, Will Robertson. Oh no, please don't. Please, please. And, we, and, and sort of like, we're sort of, and then we're looking at it, we're like, <laughs> ah, I need deliverance. We've all seen that one with the sheep. And they're sort of like, the guy pulls him out of the ditch, pulls him out like this, and like, doing, 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 back into the ditch. <laughs> oh, the patience of the Lord. like the Holy Spirit going, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't touch the pulpit. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't touch the pulpit. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch the pulpit. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Ah! Sort of like, Lord, deliver me. I mean, that's what we're like. Eat the pudding, eat the pudding, eat the pudding, eat the pudding. Okay. <laughs> so, we... And lead us on to temptation, but deliver us from the things we did on purpose. Okay, next one. Then it finishes off with praise again. 
for yours. It's the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So it starts with praise, finishes with praise, but manifests power. That's our meta-narrative. If you're consumed with your own thoughts and feelings, no breakthrough, no transformation. If you're consumed with the anxiety of, oh, this hasn't happened yet, this happened, it won't happen. We transcend through praising God. This is just so important. You know, I'm seeking the Lord. I know people go, <laughs> gosh. I know people who've gone away and sought the Lord. How did you go? Eh. What? Okay, let's make it easy. Let's do a double speed. You're seeking the Lord. Well, first it says, did you seek him with all of your heart? Now, Rachel and I were chatting about this. I used to, the Lord showed me, he said, if you ask me something with the intent to obey, you'll always get an answer. And that's why people don't hear much. <laughs> Give me the knowledge. I want the info. I want the odds. I want the options. Where art thou, Lord? <laughs> Those are beat, those ones are, oh, whatever you say, Lord, I'll do it. And the Lord's going, <laughs> and <laughs> it's true. <laughs> if you ask him something, he, and you have the intent to obey, he will always answer it. So people go out and seek the Lord. You go, let's make it easy. Let's go double speed. God the Father is seeking worshipers. So you think you're seeking the Lord, he's seeking worshipers. So if you, go, if you start worshipping the Lord and as a lifestyle, you might bump into him. Hallelujah, our Father in heaven, we are. Oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> Father. Okay, and so <laughs> it's true. You worship the Lord, it's sort of like he goes, hello, I've been seeking you. This is that easy. But we just get so addicted to our own ways, our own ways that don't walk, uh, don't walk. They don't walk. Okay. They don't work. They don't work. Of course they work. But his ways are not our ways. He says, praise me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is why we're doing the tabernacle of David. It's because we're giving people an opportunity to go into a pathway of the glory. Because he's enthroned on the praises of his people. But you can lead a horse to water. You can't. You come here on a, one of those nights. You don't come here passive. You come here to meet the Lord. And it's, it's, all, it's all between you and him. We're given the best opportunity. And I'm, let's just say, people who are not part of our church have been coming. Okay? Someone, I got uh, through one degree of separation, someone got caught up into heaven one night. Okay? This is real. This is real. People go, I'd like that to happen. Worship. Okay. So this is, this is just so important because another thing why, why we need to praise the Lord is this, is that I've learned like you've got to use scripture to triangulate it but this is what I've learned. When you praise God and thank him, even thank him that he's already answered you, you actually, quantum physics teaches us that basically the universe is made up of energy more than matter, okay? And that energy is actually frequency, vibration, and resonance. You look at the atom, there's hardly anything solid in it it is a quantum field of electrical energy, okay? You've got people who've discovered some of this, that people have, been, have, have invented machines to cure cancer, but the FDA took them away. This is real. Who knows this is real? It's real. The electricity is powerful. When you praise God, you start to tap into a frequency, a heavenly frequency, to the place where he dwells. 
What does it look like when God draws near, the atmosphere changes? What happens when the atmosphere changes? It could even look like a cloud. So when you start to press into the Lord, it's like, whoa, the atmosphere is real. And you start to meet the Lord. And when he's enthroned on your praises, I tell you what, when God turns up, good things happen. But if you don't do it, by default, you'll get stuck in that matrix called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's your prison. That becomes your prison. I need this. Oh, what's going on? I need a break. Oh, financial breakthrough. <laughs> Healing. <laughs> Good luck. I've tried it. I'm going to worry myself into breakthrough. People don't say it like that, but they practice it. <laughs> Lord, I will carry the burden. A week later, have it back. You know, it's, 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 so we actually transcend even self-actualize when we praise the Lord and put it first, put him first. For those who here the other night, well, both nights actually, um, I his three, three times, but um, I got drunk out of my mind. I got drunk out of my mind. Do you know how many things I've got to do? Do you know how much responsibility I've got? And the Lord goes, have a drink. <laughs> but Lord, we have a drink. Yet more, more. I was out of my mind. I woke up the next day. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And then you get in the river. And what happens? You don't carry any of it. And then God just gives you answers to things. So don't come here for anyone else. Don't come here for brownie points. Don't come here to be seen like you're worshipping. Do it at home. But I tell you what, God is opening pathways for us to meet him and to, to encounter him. So, okay, last point. Uh, Acts chapter 15, really, really important. So this is Jerusalem Council. <clears throat> And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return, and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. So again, not taking anything for granted. You've got Moses' tabernacle. The ark got captured by the Philistines. They got the, tabern- they got the ark back. David, while there's Moses' tabernacle and Gerizim uh, uh, still set up, David, David knew God. Do you know why David knew God? Because he knew how to praise God. Seriously, you're going, you're going he knew how to praise God. See, when you praise God, God inhabits your life. And you and God are a majority. Can you imagine, can you imagine how David saw Goliath? He wasn't going, this is going to be like winning the lotto. Like long odds. He would have been so aware that the Lord of hosts was with him. I mean, come on. Plus, I guarantee you, the Lord showed him the future. And the more you see the future, the more you get established in the present. And so he's like, he's, 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 <laughs> Goliath's abusing him, abusing the armies of Israel. And he's sort of like, he, he, he didn't care. He's just sort of like, I'm going to take you out. I mean, cut his head off with his own sword. I mean, talk about insult to injury. And then, you know, all the Philistines, run away, run away. And so basically, he knew how to praise God. But he set up the ark and constantly, before it was only the priest could, only the priest could approach the ark. 
all right, in, in Moses' tabernacle. Now it's in David's tabernacle, and there was no holy of holies like there was before. Everyone could approach the ark to praise the Lord. However, there was 24-7 praise and worship before the Lord. Constant open heavens. Anyone could come. And this is what David's tabernacle is. You want power in your life? Praise the Lord. If you want deliverance and breakthrough, praise the Lord. It's his ways, not your ways. Rejoicing in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, is not superfluous. It's not frivolous. It's not peripheral. It's not trite. It's not glib. It's not learning just how to sing. It's actually connecting with a heavenly frequency around the throne of God. The cherubim, the seraphim, the beast, the elders, uh, infinite levels of the multiverse creation are praising Him constantly going, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they fall down on their faces and they throw down their crowns. That's the frequency where God comes in on and He's mighty to save. He's mighty to deliver. Nothing is impossible for Him. But we're trying to make Him Australian where He says, don't be Australian anymore, be heavenly, be a son, be a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And this is why our nature of re- our sense of reality, our ontology has to be framed up with praise. You praise, you praise the Lord, you set your love upon Him. He says He'll set you on high. Psalm 91. And so after this, I will return and I'll rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up. This is what he's doing. Why? So that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Do you know what this is? Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. People don't care about your church. They don't care about what you believe. When you praise God, angels ascend and descend. So what happens? Let's just say you come here and do it. Great. Or do it at home. I don't care. Whatever. Just praise the Lord. We talk about 10 minutes a day, baby steps. Some of you haven't even started the baby steps. We've taken this down, we've chopped it up, we've put it in the blender, we've got a spoon, and then we're going, okay, we're going to praise the Lord 10 minutes, three times a day. Open your mouth. And some of you are going, it's prescriptive. <laughs> I intend to do it. I've been busy. Great. Stay in your prison. I'm released. I am totally free. That's for me and my household. They're getting there. Anyway, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) And what happens is God starts turning up. Then you realize, oh my gosh, I'm actually starting to enjoy this. And then you meet the Lord. And next thing you know, this whole love thing is real. But you got my knees haven't been met yet. Don't worry, don't worry. You, you, you're actually changing your foundations drastically because we get consumed with what we don't have, what we need, and it's our prison. Prism, prison, potato, potato. So, so he, we're called, he, he wants to rebuild David's fallen tent so he can manifest in and through you. People don't care about your church or what you believe, but when you walk in that supermarket and people go, and they see you, when I've been praising God, I've encountered God, I go in a public place, people freak out. They freak out. This, this, is, the, this is the real deal. Who wants to go to a, 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 a you know, we all, we, all, we all stumble when we do family reunions, you know, because they, they, they don't, they, they, Jesus in his hometown, you know. But you go there and people go, something's different. See, see I'm at the place of this. 
this is, a, this is a good church. Praise the Lord, he built it. It's his church, he built it, okay? But I don't, I'm all for excellence. But I'll tell you what, I want and I believe something to manifest that's way bigger and better than us. Where people go, you know what? I've known you for years, but what the heck has happened to you? And it's going, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, this has taken place. And so as angels are sending and descending, we're gonna start teaching on David's tabernacle because right now, you want power? You got, you, you, this is the secret to the power. It's praising God. You, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And you want, you, we want this stuff. This stuff will invade your marrow. So you keep doing it and then you get in the car to go to work or whatever and it's still with you. Things change. Last thing I'll say. I had uh, another dream last night. Okay. So for those who don't know, I used to be a professional tennis coach and when I was younger, I wanted to be a professional tennis player. And I remember, uh, I just, I, I completely fell in love with tennis. Like it's, it was total scroll, my destiny. I remember my favorite player, I just, it was, this guy was a rock star. His name was Guillermo Vilas. Does anyone remember Guillermo Vilas? Oh, well, okay. He was a rock star, right? And then I started getting into McEnroe and Borg and I'd stay up and watch Wimbledon. And this is when it started. This is basically, these, 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 these people were rock stars, but they're sportsmen, right? But they were gladiators. And I remember, I think, I remember watching the 1980 Wimbledon final and I remember in the fourth set tiebreaker, it'd go from McEnroe having set points to Bjorn Borg having uh, a match point, set point, match point, set point, match. It was like insane. Borg ended up winning his fifth Wimbledon. And you've got to be like, to be a great tennis player, you've got to be a unit. You've got to have mind like a steel trap, right? For a fortress, an unbreakable body and talent. And that's rare because, you know, you get great players who get taken out by injury. So last night, I had this vivid dream where I'm in Adelaide, upper middle class, upper, upper middle class house. And all of a sudden, I am in a, this house with a guy called Pete Sampras. Right? Most of you would have heard of Pete Sampras. He's only won a lazy 14, 15 grand slams. And so he's chatting to me. And I'm like, like and, and he looks like he looks now. Okay? Um, and I'm asking him questions. And I go, how did you do this? And how did you do this? And he's, he's talking to me. And it wasn't like, it didn't feel particularly heavenly or anything like that. It just felt like it was actually happening. And then a guy walks in and his name's Stan Smith. Who's heard of Stan Smith? Well, he won Wimbledon in the early 70s. And he even, you know, Adidas does, has a shoe after him, right? And I'm going, how did, you, what, how did you get a shoe named after you? And I'm asking him all these questions. Anyway, I got a bit technical into tennis. And then he goes, come out to the backyard. And then... I go out in the backyard and then we're just on an old court but it's overgrown with weeds. It's not in good shape. It's like an un... So you've got, you got lawn court, which is like you don't mow it, forget about it, you're in the savannah, okay? Um, but this was, a, this was a hard court and there were, it was overgrown. So I know this hadn't been, all right? Now as I was processing with someone on the phone, I started getting interpretations, so I was very happy. Then I'm with Stan Smith and we're talking and we're hitting this old, you know, like you got, you got tennis balls. There. Who likes that whole, and then, and then sniff the can? Not too many times there. All right. <laughs> you end up sleeping under a car. So, um, <laughs> and then you've got those tennis balls being hanging around the house. 
and the dog's taken ownership of them. <laughs> Come on, give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> then it sits there and then it's looked like it's, after a while of a good couple of years of chewing, it looks like it's got mange, you know. We're hitting with these, those types. And it was like, and the sun was setting behind me and I'm looking at this property and it's, it is overgrown, but it was shape-shifting into being completely clear than overgrown. It's very weird. Now I know I'm in a supernatural encounter. Now this is weird because I never set an alarm. I got set an alarm this morning. But the last part of the dream, Stan Smith goes, come look at this. And he goes, look over the fence. And I looked over the fence and there was a house, but it looked more like a compound. And there were kids in the backyard playing, not that many. They looked a bit sad, programmed, empty, soulless. And I knew inside this house, it was in the suburbs, but there were many adults meeting in the house and their kids were out the back, unsupervised. And the Lord said, these are Marxists. These are Marxists. I come out like, beep, 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 beep. Right, quick, it's an emergency. No, and I come out and the Lord showed me that these two older tennis players are like the cloud of witnesses, mighty men of valour gladiators they serve their generation they serve their generation and we had a conversation about it and he says come here I want to show you something and I looked in let me just say this you got a generation now they won't say it out loud because it's still a byword Marxism why is Marxism evil because it's nothing what it says it will be and if you were to look at the body count of the 20th century you could possibly approximate on a conservative level 100 million deaths from BLM all the way through, Marxism preaches equality and equity and manifests the opposite. The cultural revolution, Mao Zedong, took control of all food production, all freedom, all land, mass death. And this is our generation. This is a prophetic dream from the Lord. And he is calling mighty men and women not to get frustrated and activism in their own strength, but firstly, to get connected with the glory in David's tent that's being rebuilt. Can someone say amen? This is real. That's a warning from the Lord. It's real. And we're in an age, don't listen to what people say, see what they are. If it Smells like a Marxist, walks like a Marxist, dresses like a Marxist. It is a Marxist. And this is really hectic because this is all through our universities now. It's very interesting. You guys are, you guys are pretty switched on, pretty, pretty bold. But even a little, little tiny bit of intimidation in the atmosphere. Anytime you feel fear, it demonstrates the absence of the love of God. But people are never our enemies for we wrestle not against fleshing blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of weakness in the heavenly places. Our primary is to get before the Lord for, to give us strategies. Here's the last thing I'll finish on, I'll close in prayer, because there's Munta. Is this, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Do you know how big the harvest is? I'll tell you what, we start will continue to praise the Lord. You're going to have the Lord step into the time-space world and we're going to see a multitude of harvests. 
I know for me, as an 18-year-old, I needed God to step in the room. There's no other way it's going to happen. And this is what we're going to see. We're going to have people having dreams and visions and encounters in Jesus' name. On the count of three, I want you to offer up a shout of praise and we're going to finish the meeting. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God did something interesting for Enoch. He did something interesting for Elijah. Hey, double dare him. Serious? But you've got to hang with him. You've got to hang with him. Seriously. This is exciting times. Those dream, warning dreams are to inform us strategically. They're not meant to overshadow us with fear and darkness, okay? We're not, it's never about people. It's always about the demonic. The demonic hate, hates praise, hates praise. The minute Jesus turned up in the synagogue, he's like, well, you come here to torment us before the time. And he's like, no, 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 I have plenty of time. No, um, and <laughs> out. So, so uh, Monday nights at the, at the tabernacle, Tuesday night, all of our, our, our programming stays the same except for Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. God bless you guys. Have a great day and we will see you this week.